Welcome to Ear Full of Dirt, bringing you the latest Major League Rugby news, views, and abuse. Now here are your hosts, Aaron, Dan, and Victor. And we're live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Ear Full of Dirt. This is Victor speaking right now. And joining me, as always, we have Daniel. Hello, Daniel. Hello. How are you, Victor? I don't know. Well, thank you. Victor, you don't we look, also have... You don't look... Uh, I'm sorry? You don't look anything like Aaron. Aaron usually does our intros. What happened? No, not at all. <laughs> Definitely not Aaron Castro. Well, guys... Uh, just to explain why you're hearing me talking, not Aaron. Um, you probably heard what happened down in Atlanta, Georgia. A whole power outage happened in the international airport, the world's busiest. Well, our dear Aaron was actually visiting Richmond, Virginia, and he was returning home to Arizona, Phoenix. Uh, unfortunately, he's, he, his plane couldn't make it to Atlanta because of the power outage, so he was stuck there. So what happened was that he had to go from Richmond to LaGuardia Airport in New York. I believe he said going to Detroit and from Detroit to Phoenix. He just landed right now. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a crazy thing that the poor man had to go through. So unfortunately, he's not in today. We'll, we will mention him probably from time to time because it's most likely going to be on the comments uh, on our live stream on YouTube. Obviously, if you're listening to this uh, through the audio version. Obviously, there's something else, but for those of you that are watching this live, you'll get the, the th- you, you'll get first sips. Uh, but yeah, that's the reason why he's not here. Uh, so going back to my rundown again, that was Daniel. Also, we got Curry. How you doing, Curry? Oh, doing great tonight. Happy to be here, and uh, yeah, happy to uh, fill in for Aaron while he's, uh, while he's out. I'm glad you're doing a great job, Victor, so keep it up. Thank you, thank you. I'm trying to sort of break the monotony of our... Uh, of our intros, because Aaron is just straight to the point. See, I'm Hispanic. We had to jump a couple of things before we could get to the point. He's only half Hispanic, so it's a little different for him. And also, guys, joining us, we actually have a, a new member of the EOD crew. And I'm going to let him introduce himself. Go ahead, good sir. Hey, guys, I'm Josh. Plain and simple <laughs> right. to the point. Get in, get in a he's American. Plain and yeah. simple to the point. <laughs> I like that. But you, you may not know him as Josh. You may know him by his uh, Reddit username, which is it's Crayola. Or Crayola. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, um, by the way, it's the word Crayola, but you changed the A's to force. Yes. Which it took me forever to find out. How, I mean, I knew it was Crayola, but I didn't know it was supposed to be Cra4 Yolf. <laughs> like something like that. So that's why I let him do it himself, just in case. But yeah, guys, um, Josh is our newest member uh, to the Earfolder crew, and we're going to do a quick introduction to him. But before we go into that introduction, uh, I just want to mention something real quick. Uh, by the way, we're filming this on December day 18, which is on a Monday. As you know, we do our live streams on Mondays on YouTube. Now, the next two Mondays are going to be December 25th, which is Christmas, and December 31st. No, January, January 1st. No, no, January 1st. January 1st, I'm sorry. January 1st, which is going to be New Year's. See, I, I caught myself. That's why I had to stop there for a moment. So because of those two holidays, we're actually going to take a two-week break. So we're going to actually be coming back on January the 8th. 
So this is going to be the last uh, show of 2017, really. So next time you hear us, obviously, will be uh, 2018. And of course, hopefully, we'll have Aaron uh, back on board. Uh, I, I will mention that also at the end of the, the show as a, as a reminder. But just to let you know right now, we're going to be off for two weeks. OK, uh, but before we continue talking about that, let's do a quick introduction to Josh. So, But let me pass that to Dan. Go ahead. Introduction to Josh through me. So um, <laughs> let me tell you all about Josh, not Josh. Um, so Josh is joining us now because we're actually in the process of uh, really sort of putting together a website for early next year. We don't know exactly how advanced it'll be. Maybe it'll be the best damn thing you'll ever see. Maybe it'll be the biggest piece of garbage that all rests on Josh's shoulders. So if it's terrible, you know who to blame. Um, but Josh is, um, you know, he actually, I, I, Josh, you work a lot with the I think Mountain Something West Wire. Some Mountain West Wire. Mountain West Wire, which is a uh, college football and basketball and all that sort of stuff for basically Colorado based college. The Mountain West Conference. Just the entire, do you focus on the entire conference or do you focus on a specific uh, college? I focus specifically on Colorado State. Okay, so we got a Colorado State alum? No? Yes. Okay, yeah. See, we, good thing Josh is here. Otherwise, I'd be giving wrong information. So <laughs> Josh writes so far about football, so he's going to be talking about his uh, ball's ancestor in rugby. Um, good to have someone on the uh, on the ground in Glendale. I think that you're actually the, the only person that's actually part of the crew that is within 100 miles of an actor. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on our squad, so we're really happy to have you on. Um, amazing pictures. Um, we'll see how that whole you know develops coming up early next year. Um, so yeah, again, welcome from that. But um, we also have a, a couple bits of uh, news coming up. MLR, the jerseys, and some of their players in the new photo shoot they had recently. SeaWolves had uh, their combine on December seventeenth, which was actually yesterday, and uh, filmed a couple videos from that. Uh, Sabercats had another, I guess, scrimmage, but I know it was actually more of a, a full game um, against the Dallas Reds in a sort of preseason exhibition match or a pre-preseason exhibition match because they have the, the real exhibitions coming up in a couple weeks. Um, Glendale will have an exhibition match against Nola Gold, and the Capital Selects confirmed their squad against Nola Gold, and we have a couple of player signings as well. Um, so... Going into the first part, um, as I mentioned, MLR did tease their uh, jerseys coming up. So they had actually about uh, seven players, one from each of the teams coming up. We had um, Paul Lestike from Utah Warriors, Osea Alunisal from Houston, Garrett Bender from the Sea Wolves, Peter Malcolm from Austin Elite, Sebastian Com of New Orleans Gold, Seth Halliman of Glen Raptors, and um, as a bit more of a some banter from this, uh, Ryan Matias, who's wearing uh, some San Diego Legion gear. So I guess we can kind of guess that he's the first unofficial official announcement for the San Diego Legion. I know a lot of people have been really dying to hear about, you know, a lot of news coming from San Diego, which hasn't come yet. So that's exciting that they posted that recently. All the players wore the, uh, the jerseys with MLR actually, I think, on sleeve right here um 
but nothing about shorts or socks. Just uh, just all about the jerseys there. But what do you, what do you what do you guys think about these jerseys? Um, I like them, but do you like them? I don't know. We'll find out. Well, just to start us off, guys. Personally, of the seven, the only one that I do not like at all thus far is the Nola Gold one. I don't know. It's just something about it that is. I guess it's just the one color, the gold color that I like. Mind you, it's not the same type of gold as the Australian national jersey, which is gold as well. But this one, I don't know. It looks kind of dull in comparison to the one in Australia. Looks a lot better. It looks even though like, it's the same. It looks kind of like orange-ish. Maybe it was just the yeah. filters from the jet, but it, it kind of looked orangey. So it didn't really look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gold, for the most part. Yeah. yeah, that could be it because through those the Snapchat pictures, I mean, it look it looked kind of bad. Yeah, I had to say personally. But yeah, that one, yeah, I don't know. The Legion one is so so. Well, just to say that really, the, okay, the ones that, that I like. That, let's just talk about those: uh, Raptors and Warriors. Probably because those dark colors are colors I already like personally. Uh, but yeah, those two definitely. Um, uh, I think Elite is actually not that bad, all, all things considered. But yeah, of the seven, seven place for me, definitely New Orleans. Actually, I have to I say with, with that, um, I'm re- I really like the Glendale kit mostly because I really hated their old kit. Um, Seriously, the one that, that they played Seriously. up until the spring. Um, it, it had, I forget what it was, but uh, like Comcast or some local cable uh, channel just right on the front. Ah, no, Xfinity. Yeah, Xfinity, that's it. So they had just that right in the front. And then like, uh, the, I don't know, the, the colors and everything just didn't seem to, I just didn't like it very much. But these, I, I really like these. I love these. I'm, I'm really happy with these. Uh, I think they, they tried to get a bit edgy with some of the uniforms just to try and make it more modern. No hoops, as far as I'm concerned. Um, some people may be a bit disappointed for more, you know, some of that more classic look. But this is a new league. This is America. We do everything flashy, new, everything like that. <laughs> what about you, Josh? What about you? Um, I I was a fan when the Glendale jerseys first came out. I do really like their away one. Um, they do have theirs on pre-order on the O'Brien Rugby Shop website. I really like the the yellow kind of popped for me. I will have to say my favorite is actually the Austin Elite jersey, just because I've never seen that combination of colors before, and it kind of works for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Austin as well. Although I do like uh, Seattle's uh, real, you know, sticking with the classic Seattle colors uh, for the Sea Wolves up there. Uh, but yeah, Austin's are just really uh, that kind of aqua thing uh, with the orange and the black. I I don't know. I think it's pretty nice and. Yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be really flashy out there on the field, so I think that's going to be exciting as well to see see him actually in action when that time comes. So I like how the all the uniforms are or kits. The uniforms a lot. Um, all the kits are really diverse for the most part. They're they're not just the same template, but instead of being blue and red, it will be you know green and black. You know, a lot of them have black in them, but they they you know, 
customize them how they did. They didn't just all follow a very basic template that would be extremely boring. Um, they went out there and they did their own thing pretty much. I will say in defense of New Orleans, um, yeah, you can complain about them being pretty basic, uh, boring, whatever, but I mean, they are the NOLA gold. That is the team name. And it is, you know, obviously very gold themed. So, you know, you can kind of think about it that way. And, you know, once they get out there and have sun shining on their backs and maybe it'll be a little shimmery, a little gold-like, I don't know. Look like a million bucks. Give them time. You know what, Corey? You sold me. You sold me, Corey. <laughs> you sold me on that, I have to say. I didn't, I didn't mind it too much. I just I just thought the color from the first photo, maybe it's just a you know, like Snapchat, so it's just not the best color. It looked kind of orangey, but I'm I'm completely fine with it being all gold. I mean, the all blacks are the all blacks because they wear all black. Nola all golds. Nola, Nola all golds. I was expecting a bit of a bit more of a Saints gold than a than an orange gold. Yeah, I was that, that, I was kind of expecting a bit more of that and more like a Mardi Gras kind of theme, but I guess that's kind of played a lot in Nola already. Old Nola jerseys. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have the crest too. The crest is very like, um, or at least used to have more of that sort of festive yeah. kind of thing. But I don't know. I'll have to go down there for Mardi Gras one day. I guess there's <laughs> a movie going at the same time and shuts everything down. But you know, we'll have to, we'll have to plan a trip down there. But um, so I guess move, moving on from the from the kits. The uh, the Sea Wolves had their their combine. Um, they actually posted some videos. I had a chance to to watch some of them. Um, I think they only announced it a couple of weeks ago, but they were like looked like there were around thirty or so people out there. And Seattle seems to actually be a pretty good spot for for rugby. Um, so do you, any of you, you guys watch some of the uh, the videos from that? I know there may have some uh, been some familiar faces. I did, and I was trying to look for someone that I knew. And really, the only people I knew were uh, Tony Healy, because it's obviously his head coach. Yeah. Um, also, you had um, Wysali Sedevi, yeah. the, the legendary uh, Rugby Sevens Fijian international, uh, who, who now is turning to a coach. I think he's a back, backs coach, I think. Um, he was there helping, lending a hand, really, uh, with the, the training sessions. And that was that was really it, really. I'd be interested with with what Wasile is Wasile is that how you pronounce it? Wasile, Wasile. Uh, Shalom, right? He's the one who's who's with the Sea Wolves, right? I know there's about four of them. And I get them all wrong. Yeah, Shalom Sinula. Yeah, and his experience working with with Adivis, uh, I'm kind of curious to see what Adivis is going to be doing because they are one of the few academies in the U.S. for rugby. You know, Tiger being one of the other ones, and Tiger got very involved with the Aviators. So I, w- I wonder what, you know, Adivis, how, the, how, how they're going to get involved with them over there. Also, happy uh, happy Hanukkah to everyone, by the way. <laughs> just a little break right there, just to make sure. <laughs> happy Hanukkah. I think it's... While, while we're thinking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, shalom. I mean, I was about to say happy Hanukkah to everyone. <laughs> it does make sense, the people at home, and to me. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I was about to say happy Kwanzaa. Good thing I called myself this. <laughs> well, you can have a happy Kwanzaa, too. I mean, it doesn't have to do with Shalom. Of course, but I mean, it's the Shalom. And I was, I was a happy Kwanzaa. 
on I think Kwanzaa doesn't start until later in the month, though. So yeah, we should exactly. be good. That's right. We won't be here. So I think we... it starts after Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I want to say like the 26th. We won't mm-hmm. be. Yeah, unboxing day. In person. So we have to do it now. Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. I do, I do wonder how many how many Canadians showed up to that combine. Oh, yeah. Going back. To yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, I know um, they have a lot of connection, obviously, with Curry working and being in Vancouver um, and his title being rugby development. I think he has a lot of say in the actual, um, you know, picking of all the players. And because he works at an academy and Mm -hmm. he works with uh, like three or four high school age, like he, he, I think he coaches about every single person who plays uh, rugby in Vancouver. So I could definitely expect a lot of them to come down, especially because for the first year, there is no team in Vancouver. Yeah. I'd say probably at least half of those guys must have been. They're real serious into it because that's also where the training area is for the Canadian national team. Any other comments before we continue? I take that as a no. No. So I'll take No, that's cool. Moving on. If anything, we'll, we'll cut a little bit of the silence on post, if anything, if that was too long. <laughs> In any case, um, uh, next on, on the list, everyone, um, Houston Sarek Cats, by the way, had a, I guess, not really a scrimmage, I guess, an unofficial game against the Dallas Reds, Reds excuse me, this past Saturday, which they won, by the way. So the Reds were the first ones to score. I unfortunately don't have names of who scored or and who did. I'm sorry, uh, but they were the first ones to score. But by halftime, score was 14 to five, going the way of the Saber Cats. And by the end of the game, it ended 21 five. Obviously, going to the Saber Cats, so that's another win. So they're obviously this. This is also their closest match after the matches they had with the. I think let me see what's the, the the blacks, Austin Blacks, and I think the Griffins. I want to say, uh, yeah, this was definitely their match, and obviously this is preseason, and they finished 2017 undefeated. I don't think they're going to have any other games uh, because of again the next two weeks of Christmas and, and New Year's. They're lining up their break. Uh, us. It's very nice of them. Mm-hmm. Same break yeah, as tell us. Me about it, right? They're coming back on the eighth. Of course. Mm, there we go, and the, and the works exactly. Yeah. Which great, exactly. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, the, the, but again, again, ended in, in another win. Yeah. Well, this yeah, is the, any comments? This is the end of the the pre preseason, uh, because they have their their games coming up. First one is uh, January seventh, I think. That's Sunday, and that's coming up against the the Seattle Saracens, mm-hmm. not the Wolves, but the Saracens, which will be many of the same players still playing Seawolves. So this is really it coming up like two weeks. That's our first taste of major league rugby. Hopefully it's televised. It will be in a, a real stadium, um, a minor league baseball park. So it's coming. It's almost here just a few more weeks. And then, and then we can just get a little bit of a taste of what's coming up and what we can expect for, you know, it's coming up for the first season, and it feels like forever because we've been talking about this for over a year now, I think, since they first mm-hmm. announced it. And that's 
great on so many levels that we can have this much time leading up to it, being able to talk about it, gaining momentum and fans, people like us who decide to talk about it every week. Um, we haven't had that before, so I don't know. Just me rambling about how awesome that, <laughs> how awesome that is. Um, By the way, um, we have talked about it in this podcast since August, so so it hasn't been a year, at least not for the podcast. Well, I was going to say, but it has been 18 weeks, so think about that one for a minute. It's been 18 weeks. This is episode 17. We took one week off for Thanksgiving. That's a good point. Your goodness. Yes. We've been talking about this for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Wow. So, yeah. Beautiful. So, then continue on to the next point. Sure. So... The uh, the Raptors announced their home schedule for 2018. I mean, we already knew um, the games coming up because they were announced through MLR saying what their home matches were. But besides the games of the MLR season um, against Austin, San Diego, Houston, Seattle, um, there is also an exhibition, exhibition match on March 10th against Nola Gold. Um, I think I may have mentioned this before, but Nola Gold seems to be um, really proactive in playing other MLR squads. I think they have two games against the Austin elite and then one against Houston. So, so far they're basically playing four or five games against other teams in the competition, which they will be playing against. So that will give them a nice leg up. I think will be really helpful for them because they have that, you know, they had that chance to play them when it didn't matter for the most part, so they can actually take that in and, you know, kick their ass when the season comes around. Yeah. And this is actually a technically a home and away type of match because Nola Gold plays at Glendale at Nola Gold. So, there you go. Not too shy when you think about it like that. Well, yeah, guys, that this schedule is quite good, actually. Um, playing uh, the golfers in Austin, uh, San Diego, Houston, and then Seattle. So that's actually not bad of a of a home home schedule. And obviously, every other team that you don't see there is obviously an away fixture, like the one I mentioned against Enola Gold. Um, since the beginning, really, we have been mentioning that Glendale is rather one of the top teams in the competition. Again, even though it has seven, seven teams, definitely one that's pushing for it for the first first title. Um, Nola Gold, they have picked up a, a, quite a number of good players, but at least in my list, I don't see them winning year one. I hope I'm wrong because I'm no one of you guys will bring it to, to my attention later at the, by like I guess by July when the, the season is over. But um so you guys say, remember Victor when you said on December 18, 2017 that you said no it's not going to win. And then it went and I know one of you guys are gonna bring it up to my attention. I know. Especially if Aaron is watching this. I know he will bring it up because it's that type of guy. Okay. But um but really I don't think Nola Go will win year one. It's- Okay, tough. go right ahead. Take, take the word from me. Uh, it's tough to say, really, because outside of Glendale, which we know pretty well, um, I guess my second would be Houston because they put together a really solid squad. Nola's actually the the club I'm putting as like the I guess the dark horse to to, to win it. I'm not saying they will, but I'm saying that I guess more of the underdogs are really 
see as winning it, but I mean, I really have no idea where any of these teams will land, especially San Diego, because we have, haven't seen their players yet. But like, I really don't know who's going to be the best. Glendale is the most, um, they've had the most time together. They've been playing for years, a pretty professional schedule for the most part. And they played in the stampede um, last year. So a lot of them we've seen tape of, we know a lot of, um, I haven't seen like 90% of the league. Like I, I don't even know who some of these players are. I just have to go based off of what other people say about these players. As far as I'm concerned, there will be many players that will come out and end up just shocking all of us and taking the MVP. You know, Sebastian Common, uh, Spike Davis, both were MVP and top try score. And before that, unless you're really keyed in, I don't think anyone's really heard of them before that. So that's definitely going to happen with this. So I really can't put too much on here except for what other people seem to know. But uh, what about you, uh, you, Josh, you might have some bias in this, but. Well, I think that's one of the reasons Glendale hasn't put much out there. I mean, we pretty much know what they have. And I think that's one of the reasons their schedule is so light. Yeah. They know what they have. Um, they just released an interview with their head coach, Dave Williams, the other day. Um, said they were headed off to England to get some professional scouting or some teamwork in. So we'll see what happens. Get some English. Also, yeah. Also remember hearing them. They're looking at a couple, maybe a couple more signings. So we'll see what ha- comes out of that. Yeah. I think we, I think Glendale, we pretty much know who's actually going to be playing for the most part. I think it's just basically the, the Merlin squad that played against the arrows. I think it's pretty much just going to be them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you never know. They can pull some people out from somewhere. Yeah. All right. What about you, Corey? Yeah, Corey, you're silent. You're sitting there. What are you doing? What am I doing? I'm uh, working on script stuff and uh, trying to uh, help out our friends over in San Diego by prepping some uh, the San Diego Legion flair for the Reddit page. So I was uh, doing side work while you guys were talking. But I was paying attention about whatever it was you're talking about, really. And I agree completely. Oh, yeah. Very, very great. Uh, that, that works. That works for me. Yeah. Okay. Go. Okay. Go ahead, Corey. Go back. Head back to your work. No worries. Well, Thanks, guys, guys, moving on. Uh, wake me up if anything important happens. It will do, bro. Will do. Okay, guys, moving on because by the way, um, everyone really liked last week's episode where we just hitting point after point, and we finished like in an hour. So we're going to keep that that ball rolling. So, wait, wait, hold up a second. Sorry, I got to jump in on that. Do we know that people like that? I mean, have we done any? Is this a scientific research? I think what Victor may be referring to the listeners, but I think really it's referring to everyone as in everyone who is sitting here on the podcast actually talking. I think we are the everyone who really liked it, that it didn't last like an hour and a half. And we could, especially us on the East Coast, go to bed at a reasonable hour. Like, <laughs> No, no, but uh, at least the people that talk to me about it say, hey, dude, I really like the fact that the show was only an hour and an hour and a half like you guys usually do. So this is from the listeners that, that have talked to me personally about this. All right. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. for I was now concluded. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and good luck. And right. different. We're going. So moving forward to the next one. Okay, moving on to the next point, as I said. Um, Capital Rugby Union 
uh, selects specifically uh, have announced their squad against again Nola Goals, as we talked about it quite a couple of times on the show already. So the selects, uh, like I said, have their their players for their fixture against uh, Nola uh, on January the twentieth. Uh, the team includes many players from the Mid-Atlantic uh, region, with a lot of representation coming from, let me see, one, two, three, four teams specifically, which are Rocky Gorge, which has five players, Norfolk, which has, which has three, Baltimore, uh, Chesapeake, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, that's three, and Pittsburgh, that has three. Now, other teams uh, include uh, Belt, Beltway Elite, which has three players, Nova, which has two players, that's North Virginia, by the way, uh, James River, only has one, uh, PAC Exiles, uh, that has one, and the Washington Irish, that also has one. So that's nine teams represented in this one team. Uh, by the way, Capital Rugby selects won their first match against the USA Panthers, which I believe was 51 to 22. And also won a game against the Stars Rugby, which is the Stars Academy, which I believe is also located on the on the East Coast. Uh, now, most of you might be familiar with Rocky Gorge because that is where Mr. Benjamin or Benjamin Sima uh, plays. Uh, a little gentleman who plays fly half and um, occasional fullback for the U.S. Eagles uh, from Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh, also one of my favorite players, not only because he's Hispanic, obviously, and also because I have a picture of him and him and I spoke Spanish, but also because I think he's a good player. So I'm not even biased. I'm not even biased. Because he's from South America. Don't lie. No, I'm definitely not biased. You know, I'm from the Caribbean, bro. I don't care about that. Caribbean and South America are really far away, so I'm not biased. Definitely not. Definitely. <laughs> Close enough, definitely. But, but yeah. So uh, I thought it was going to be in this team, but eh, unfortunately it didn't happen. But in any case, Rocky Gorge is actually, I think it's the best team in their, in their competition. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh, go ahead. Go ahead. More about yeah. that, that area. No, R- Rocky Gorge has run roughshod the past couple of years. They've been undefeated the past couple of years. Um, just missed out on the championships in the semis. They lost to um, Nyack two years ago and then lost to Chicago last year. Yeah, they they put together a pretty good program. There we go. Uh, down there in Baltimore, home of the wire. Good living. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think this actually is kind of. Uh, I mean, Capital Selects always does this. They they always try to put on this uh, this sort of tour where they play some of the better teams, and it's they're lucky that there are actual you know professional teams here coming up that they can play against. Um, but it is kind of interesting that there was a Rugby Today interview with James Kennedy from Rugby Club New York um, actually just a couple of days ago. And it was the first interview he did where he explicitly stated that he's ready to go 2019. He's been in Rugby Wrap-Up before, um, but didn't actually really, really announce it. Um, but one little key point that was at the very end of the article was just that a couple of notes from the author that there were some other, you know, rumblings of potential teams in the future in other areas along the East Coast, like Boston, Philadelphia, and then also DC. So I think that'd be real interesting to see a team get put together, and especially since they have at least an all-star team that's been meeting quite often, and 
you know, especially now that the professional era is here. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool to see what comes from that in the future. I think DC would be great. I love the city. It'd be a fun place to go, especially if they can somehow manage to get into that awesome stadium coming up for the uh, DC United, I think. I mean, that's that's like 20,000 seats, but it's a pipe dream. We'll get there one day. One day. <laughs> one day. Like Toyota Field or something like that, which would be great for uh, for some test matches too. Or that uh, new Austin place. Oh yeah, the 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 big stadium, the yeah. big stadium. That that'd be great for, you know, a MLR final or something like that. Just rent it out as many people as possible down there. That'd really really be one hell of a one hell of a go. Um, one more thing on the selects. I'm looking at the Houston schedule. They got them coming up in February. Yeah, yeah they're playing Houston too. So I think it's only Nolan Houston, if I'm not mistaken. But that, that's still a pretty tough matchup. You know, it's not like it's only them, but that's, that's probably the yeah. best they've really played against in years, which is just great for great for them, great for rugby in the U.S., potential mm-hmm. professional players in the future, but, you know, also potential Eagles. And we have one that plays in the area too, so, you know, that's really just awesome there. And by the way, speaking of all the gold, I, I – I believe Matt Houston, that's when Nola Gold has played a couple of times with the Capital Rugby Selects. So I'm sure he knows quite a number of the players on that team. Oh, so he, he played um from Richmond? Is that where he's from? It, I, no, he played for Charlotte. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he played in that, that whole mm-hmm. area up there. Yes, I'm sure he's pretty familiar mm-hmm. with Because he played... Exactly, because he played for the U.S. Um, the USA Southern uh, South Panthers and the Capital Rugby Select, so he played for both teams. Yeah, awesome. So, um, one other thing too, um, kind of talking about Nola there, Aaron, our our lovely host who's not here tonight, you know, bailed on us, but um, he actually had a pretty good interview with uh, Nola Gold and Canada hooker Eric Howard recently. So Eric's actually a pretty cool guy. Um, talking a lot about his experience as a, a multi-sport athlete, um, playing at the University of Ontario, playing for the Ontario Blues, um, the Arrows, which are coming up, as well as the national side with you know, obviously some some great banner about Ray Barkwell and you know, really how he ended up with Nola Gold. So I think this is one of our first interviews we've actually had um, with one of the players. He's a real young up-and-coming player too from – uh, from Canada, so you know, playing for the wrong team, but at least he's playing for an MLR side, so that's that's good for us. Um, also, clearly a, a huge hockey fan coming from the area, so they spent a couple minutes basically saying how you know hockey is the sport that just everyone wants to go to um, up there. So we kind of knew that, but like you know, that's that's really the football basically of uh, of Canada. Um, well, I think it is interesting. I think we've mentioned before that hockey players would make a pretty cool crossover athlete, um, just in terms of the style of the game and the physicality. So it's great to hear from him. Did uh, any of you all get a chance to to listen to our friend from the north and our friend from the south? Too? I did. I did, and it was a really, really insightful interview. And and yes, yeah, so like just like you you mentioned, Daniel, it, hockey players definitely make. Oh, ice hockey players specifically make for really good um, rugby Roller players. Hockey. As 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, as you probably remember, as Mr. Mark Bollock mentioned in the previous lineouts interview with Aaron. So I definitely agree with that. Um, but by the way, on, on the topic of football, as you know, there's Canadian football already. So, yeah, you were mentioning like hockey is like the football of Canada, although they already have football. But I know it's not as big as, it's like as the, hockey. It's like the football is in like the kids. He was even saying in the interview how like every single kid, they, they pick out like that player they want to be. Or it's like the baseball too. Um, I think Aaron said his player when he was a kid, he was always like pretend to be Mike Piazza, which is great because Mike Piazza is one of the best humans to ever grace this earth. Um, so it's, just, mm-hmm. it's basically that sport up there that everyone looks up to. One day it'll be rugby. <laughs> Yeah, and I love Mac, dude. Uh, speaking of Mac Piazza, I definitely love his run with, with the New York Mets. Man, those were some good. Those were some good days in the Mets when Mike Piazza was playing for the Mets. Definitely like not that. Not so much now. That's that's, good, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. A lot about. Yeah, definitely not. Mets. We're not going to talk about the Mets. Definitely not. They, they they sort of went downhill this past season, so we're not going to talk much about that. Uh, but yeah, but in any case, going back to the going back to the interview, the interview was great. Had a lot of fun listening uh, to to Eric talking about his experiences with the uh, with the Canadian team, also with his um, uh, home club of um, uh, the Brantford uh, Harlequins, and the fact also that he played for the Ontario Blues and the Arrows. So once the Arrows enter enter MLR. Probably in give it two years, and I wouldn't be surprised. Surprised if Eric goes back home because yeah. he probably got tired of the Cajun lifestyle down in the Bayou. He says, "Now nah, I just gotta go back home to my province and goes back to Ontario." I wouldn't be surprised. That was, like, that was actually one of the things he talked about in the interview. Is like, I'm not just here for the one year and then heading back home. I want to enjoy. I want. I want that new experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I hate this years. Yeah. I was gonna say, I wonder. Um, how easy it is to find maple syrup in uh, New Orleans. <laughs> well, just get him some beignets. <laughs> I guess there is the French well, I mean, influence, living- so. Yeah. I was going to say that. I mean, living down in New Orleans is like living down in Montreal. I mean, the only thing is you don't have as much French. Yep. Yeah. French. Uh, I, I thought it was a really great interview. I actually, I found him very entertaining, and it was just fun. It sounded like they were just, you know, sometimes when you listen to an interview, you can kind of tell how well the the interviewer and interviewee hit it off. And I felt like uh, Eric and Aaron just, yeah, they were just two buddies sitting back chatting, and it was great. So I thought it was really good. Um, I also got to give a shout-out to Aaron. Uh, boy, he did his research. <laughs> he had his biography down pat. So if you want to know anything about Eric, um, you know, his favorite color as a kid or possibly, uh, you know, which uh, which superhero was his favorite character? Just ask Aaron; he'll probably be able to tell you off the top of his head. So, yeah. it was an excellent, excellent interview. Um, and just a quick shout out for our shows uh, that's available both on YouTube. You can go to our channel and stream the video of it, or you can download it at any place you get your podcasts. And that's uh, Line Out Episode Seven with Eric Howard. So go check that one out as well. Is that easy? You can listen to it anywhere? You can listen to it on uh, iTunes, Google wow. Play, on uh, Stitcher, on what else we got? Player uh, FM. Player Sound. FM. Yeah, SoundCloud. So, yeah, we try to make it easy on you, and it's free. It's free content, yeah. guys. Free for you, cheap for them. Yeah. 
Go get it. Yeah, if you want. That's you right. If you want to hear two hookers. And subscribe, right. subscribe while you're at it. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Do That's it. That's right. Right here. Yeah, so, we assume. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere on the screen. Especially if you want to hear the, an interview between two hookers. Yeah. And now that happens, of course, of course. <laughs> But if that's what they want, I, mean, I, just have to make, I, I mean, that's that's fine, and that's their choice. We're not putting them down. Of course, of course. You know, we, we talk about guys that hook balls specifically, rugby yes. balls specifically. Yeah. Okay, moving so, on. Moving on, Daniel. I think moving on is the uh, the the key phrase that we like to use once things get a bit south. But anyway, um, so we have a couple player signings coming up. So so the Sea Wolves actually brought in two players this week. They're not done with signings. I know. Um, it is the Christmas season. A lot, a lot of uh, getting a bit quiet around this time now. But um, Dion Crowder um, coming from the Seattle Saracens, so he's a local guy. Um, actually, originally from Chicago Heights, Illinois. He was a high school wrestler, as we mentioned before, with those crossover athletes. Though I guess in many cases in America, they're all crossover athletes because they didn't play rugby when they're young. Um, later transitioned to rugby during his third year at Purdue. But then after graduating, he moved to Seattle to attend the Adams Academy and then later joined the Seattle Saracens. Um, 2017, he also played for both the Washington Athletic Club at the Club Sevens Nationals and the uh, Vidi Barbarians um, at Rugby Town Sevens. I think that's – those are the Fijian players, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So obviously, right. you got the connection from, uh, from Wasale up there. Um so his age is 24, he's 5 foot 9 inches, he's 190 pounds, and looking forward to him coming up. Um, the second one is actually a loose head prop, uh, Louis Henson from Western Washington University. So um, <clears throat> he is a, a local boy coming from Auburn, Washington. He began playing American football at high school, but then switched to rugby in 2010 uh, and started playing with the Rainier Highlanders. Um, Henson's father was actually a, a player with the uh, the Chuckanut Bay RFC and a graduate of Western Washington University. I have to say, I I love that name, Chuckanut Bay RFC. Um, so then he actually became a prop, following up in his uh, father's footsteps there. So from 2013 to 17, he served at the as the um, WWU. Vikings captain um, helped the team reach national championship in four occasions. And most recently he played for the Henley Hawks um, competing at the fourth level of English rugby union. Um, so this is another young guy. He's 24 years old, six foot two and 245 pounds. So this is really great. Two young guys coming on board. Um, as far as I'm concerned, they're both hundred percent American blood and potentially eels for the future too. So, that's all we got from the Sea Wolves, but I know uh, the folks over in Utah had some good signings too. Yeah, Utah got two signings as well. Um, first up was uh, Locke Flanker and Jackson Kaka coming from BYU. Um, Is it Kaka? Kaka. Kaka? Victor's Let's say Kaka. I just want to come in. Go ahead. Point to that real quick. I just want to make sure. Uh, he's the Hamilton Waikato, New Zealand native. Um, didn't start playing rugby until he came to BYU. Um, originally came to BYU for football. Um, lived in Hawaii. Um, 
His first season with the Cougars was a flanker. He became an All-American and made it to the select squads for the 2017 America Specific Challenge. Um, and he's also been a contributor for the Rugby Utah Selects uh, 11-7s uh, national championship win at the Club Sevens Nationals, becoming back-to-back champions. He's another young guy, 25. He's six foot four and 240 pounds. Uh, Utah also added a, a winger in Joshua Whippy. He's also from BYU and the, the United Rugby Club. He's uh, from Suva Central Division, Fiji, and he moved to New Zealand during his teen years, where he played basketball and rugby. During college, he moved to, to Utah and started playing for the United Rugby Club, helping them win a national championship against uh, Highland. He then played for BYU and played in several national championships before, and then he earned a call-up to the Collegiate All-American squad. And after the season, he earned a call-up to the USA Select squad in the America's Pacific Challenge, and then accompanied them on their in the Eagles senior squad this past European tour. He's a little bit older. He's 27. He's six foot two and 220 pounds. I think uh, I think that's that's pretty interesting. That I actually never even knew that that, that Jackson Kaka came over here to play American football, and he never played rugby growing up. Even though he's from, you know, quite possibly the freaking capital of rugby in the entire world. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So yeah, this this that's really fun. Sing, let me try it. <laughs> You know, that's actually a very interesting story because that reminds me, and I, I, I don't know if you guys uh, remember, there was this one guy that was in the Eagles team a couple of years ago that came uh, he, from Australia, and he came uh, to play in Colorado State, I believe, uh, Josh, as a basketball player. He ended up playing for the the national rugby team, and he never played rugby, neither, neither league nor union down in Australia. And um, you may remember him as Hayden Smith. I'm not sure if you remember him, that name. Hayden Smith. He, he locked. The name sounds familiar. And, former New York Jets. Yeah, he played. That's right. Uh, yeah, exactly. For, former New York, New York Jets player. Also yeah. played American football. But he came to the state on a basketball scholarship from Australia. And he ended up playing rugby for the national team of the United States. And now he's in England playing as a, no, playing, excuse me. He um, works as a, I think it's a consultant in an insurance company and plays um, rugby on his first time, but not as a professional. He used to play for Saracens, yeah. actually, for a couple of years alongside DT Lamasitelli and, and Chris Wiles. Actually, what brought so, me so, yeah. uh, and tell a supporter. Just, uh, yeah. I, only, I, I heard that was the first time I ever heard the, the, the name Saracens. And he came mm-hmm. over to play for the. So I, I, I had no idea what a siren was. I, I'm just uh, like in my mind, I'm imagining the conversation. Guy comes here from uh, New Zealand, goes to school, and uh, like, oh, hey, you're from New Zealand. You must have played rugby. Have you? Hey, have you heard about our rugby team? And it's like, no, no, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to here do basketball and some other stuff. I, I don't know, and then just suddenly gets. Somehow falls American, into it anyway. American football. He wasn't here playing basketball. It was American was football. Football. Sorry. Yeah. Living even more bizarre. Yeah. American suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you I, don't know. I just it think it's funny. I think the guys in the BYU rugby team must have been so happy to see. Oh, there's a Kiwi here. He's got to be. He's got to be playing rugby. No. No, sorry, man. Yeah. 
Nah, sorry, man. I can't find market football. I can't find your sport, you know, for mine. <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, guys, moving on with the other signings. So, next up, uh, again, Nola. Man, how many times have I mentioned Nola in, just in this one episode? Um, Sign fly half slash center, Mr. Taylor Howden. He's coming from Columbus uh, Rugby Football Club and 1823 Rugby. Now, if the name sounds familiar, it's because you have heard him before in the 2016 Pro Rugby season. He was playing for the Ohio Aviators. Now, at first, I thought Taylor was some guy probably from the uh, from the East Coast, but he's actually from Oakland, uh, Oakland, 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 New Zealand. Uh, I was actually not aware he was a New Zealander. And he moved to the States in his teams, and he actually played both codes of rugby, uh, both rugby union and rugby league, so 15s and 13s. And when he was playing league, he was playing for the Chicago uh, Stockyarders uh, that play in the lower division uh, rugby league. They, they don't play in USA rugby league because that's also the East Coast. That's like another league entirely. But in any case, uh, he got capped by the USA, I guess the USA Tomahawks at the time. I don't think they were called the Hawks yet. Because it changed the, the name of our, our National Rugby League team. And then in Union, he eventually ended up playing for the Ohio Aviators. Uh, as you know, the Aviators had a great run in Pro Rugby, unfortunately, lost to the Denver Stampede at the, the final game. But in any case, um, then after that, that, he ended up going to Columbus uh, RFC, and he's been there ever since. Uh, and keep in mind, guys, this is another Ohio Aviator player going down to the bayou. I guess recreating the fortress once more. So we got my Houston. We got now Taylor Howden. Uh, we have um, Sebastian Com. All we're missing is again Aaron Spike Davis. Where are you, Aaron? Please come back. If any anyone listening to this knows Aaron Davis, please send this to him because I really want to see that guy back. Please tell him to, if possible, go to Nola Gold. But in any case, um, Taylor is twenty eight. He's six feet even, or 1.83 meters. I'm going to mention my meters here, because if I wrote those down, I'm going to mention my meters. Uh, um, 220 pounds, uh, or 100 kilograms. Since I'm the only one here not born in the U.S., I'm going to use a metric system. And finally, guys, um, Dallas, uh, as you remember, as I mentioned before, uh, Dallas Reds were playing uh, the Houston Sabercats. And in that match, the Sabercats brought out a player, which we were not aware of, uh, which is um, Connick Rugby, I'm talking about Connick from, from Ireland, Connick Rugby and Ireland on, uh, on the 20s loose head prop, Mr. Jamie Dever, I believe his last name is pronounced. He is originally from Mayo, Connick, Ireland, and he's obviously from the Connick Academy, which is quite famous uh, on the island, also very famous for the fact that Connick makes the kids, the other three provinces steal them, and Connacht takes forever to win the championship, which they did when AJ McKinty was playing, by the way. Just had to bring that up. Um, so he was playing again in the academy for during his teams, and he eventually later transitioned into the senior team. After that, he made the switch to Cambridge Rugby uh, out of England. And this is obviously now that the season is over, he has transferred now uh, to the Sabercats. Apparently, this plan was going on already. Uh, but they brought him faster because one of the players got um, injured. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, but in any case, um, Jamie is 24 years old. He's 6 feet 2 inches or 1.86 meters. 
and weights 253 pounds or 115 kilograms, whatever that is in stone. I don't know, but he weighs quite a lot. So those are for the week, guys. Those are two, four, six that we got for this week. Hopefully, we're going to get a couple of others for next week. Yeah. Okay, guys, before moving on, we're now going to go to the views, news, and abuse portion. Take it away, Dan. We got some views, news, and abuse. Not too much coming up this week, but actually just one little point I found out. Um, I guess, uh, honestly, we all found out. Um, the Seattle City Wolves announced their season tickets at a price of $99. They announced it sometime last week. And one interesting fact that's actually really uh, great to hear is that um, the team sold 700 season ticket packages. I believe it was within the first day of them being announced. Um, this is not something that we made up. This is actually coming directly from, um, I believe, his Reddit name is Auntie National. Um, he does work for the Sea Wolves. I think he does some PR or marketing for them. Um, and he actually posts a lot of information about them. So he said 700 sold. That was his number. Um, but then you can actually go into the um, into their little, you know, whatever it is to buy their tickets. Um, and I did a little bit of math, and it looks like as of today, about 975 were sold. Um, so it's pretty much a thousand tickets sold so far in about a week. Um, obviously, that's going to taper off a bit. A lot of people may have just bought the tickets to, you know, secure their seat and then, you know, may not show up to the game, but. A thousand tickets in one in one week just that's incredible you know from there i think you can fit 4500 people at starfire um you know, a couple thousand more hopefully those can really sell out in the next couple of months and that'd be great um so just one little one little piece of noise uh coming out from seattle um i think also actually today austin elite rugby also announced their tickets were for sale um so anyone in the austin area wanted to go see a game there you go. So, Victor, what about you? Well, moving on from that. And by the way, really good news, obviously, on, on the part of the of the Sea Wolves that they're getting all this attention, which is always always good. Uh, so, moving to the other portion uh, portion of the again of views, news, and abuse. Um, Baylor College of Medicine. Uh, has partnered with uh, Houston Sabercats uh, so the physicians can handle all aspects of medical care for the team. So there are the official health providers uh, for the Sabercats. Now, it's a great idea, obviously, for sports teams to have partnerships like this, which are beneficial to the students to gain experience on the field. And the teams obviously can get uh, players from those institutions as well as getting uh, the health care. So again, really, really cool. So it's a win-win situation. Hopefully, we're gonna get other partnerships like this uh, for the other teams. Any comments on that? Well, it's, it's definitely good to see some real trainers uh, working with the team. I know few teams don't have, you know, just some guys that show up. And usually, what happens with an actual club is it's you just pick one of the players who may be like an EMT or may happened to know something about science like they were pre-med in college but dropped out from that it's like oh this guy's the medical consultant for the team and then that's it so um it's good to i mean everyone obviously has their own trainers but it's good to see kind of a them acknowledge an actual partnership and working with them uh working as the trainers working 
you would hope in uh, pre and post game uh, recovery to make sure that players don't get injured. Uh, players don't just stop running and immediately go and grab a beer and just hang out. Um, we want to make sure that this is a real professional setup and not just, you know, some guys hanging out and having fun. And that's exactly what I was going to say, Dan. It's just, once again, this is reemphasizing the professionalism of this league. I mean, you know, uh, medical staff on hand is something that most colleges have on their sidelines during football and basketball games. Yet, you know, it's, it's rare in club sports, which is what rugby in the U.S. has been. So, I mean, for other major sports entities, this is a no-brainer. I mean, having these relationships and having medical staff on hand ready to go. But you're right. It's not something we've seen before. So from that perspective, it's uh, it's perfectly expected and appropriate and yet still somehow exciting to see. So I, I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody else, but yeah, that's how I feel about it anyway. Makes plenty there of sense. Go. It's just good. I mean, sometimes it's just good news to see things that just should be. And yeah. uh, I guess that's sort of a an optimistic way of looking at it, but just anything that just makes you realize that this is not, you know, some competition that's just thrown together and shambles and, you know, put together basically like the Russian Olympics a couple of years ago where some people had two <laughs> dressers and some people had five closet hangers but then no bed and like stuff like that. Like that's, you know, it's not just kind of thrown together like that. Um, that actually yeah. brings me to Glendale. I, was, I watched their interview with um, coach Williams and he mentioned that their physio used to work at the Olympic training center in Colorado Springs. Oh, wow. That's so, awesome. You know, that's good to see. So, uh, you know, we usually like to uh, spend a little time on Twitter and Dan, you, tend to bring us some good stuff from there, don't you? Not really. But this time, <laughs> yeah. um, but here's a tweet that came from last week. Um, it was a sneak peek at the team jerseys as well as most likely one of the players as well. Um, obviously mentioned before, but the tweet is um, any guesses where we are today? And it had the, the pondering emoji, the little guy going like this followed by photos of the Sabercats, Legion, and Steve Wolves logos printed on the jerseys. So just any guesses where we were, where we are today? Pondering emoji and photos. A lot of people are trying to guess where they were. Some people saying about 15 places, um, all from the same person. And MLR saying, no, close, next one. Um, I think they were in Glendale. I think that was confirmed. They're in Infinity Park. Yeah. Um, surprise, that's, that's, that's the answer. Sorry, spoilers. Um, but this it was sort of like a bit of a teaser to an announcement coming up. You know, hopefully we hear soon about the uniforms coming out or the kits. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I'm hoping before Christmas it'll be a nice Christmas gift to us. You know, fingers crossed. We'll see what comes from there. All right, and it was okay. <laughs> That was a good one. No, I was going to say, guys, it was a cool surprise to have the photo shoot, obviously, unveiling players with San Diego Legion. And obviously, the jerseys, are, like we said, uh, definitely uh, Ryan Matthias is going to be in the team. All right, moving on. 
Moving along. All right, all right, all right. So uh, in addition to the Tweet of the Week, we also like to do questions from Bob, and uh, that becomes my domain. So take it away, Corey. All right, Corey. Thanks, Corey. <laughs> okay. That was random. So uh, this week, Cool Alias would like to know, with the images of a player in a Legion jersey, uh, speculation here to be Ryan Mattias, how far along are they being, I'm assuming, the Legion uh, at this point? So uh, that was question number one. There's actually three here from Cool Alias. So question number one, how far along is uh, Legion in developing their team? Uh, mm, I, really, I don't really know, but I assume according to what uh, Matt Hawkins uh, told um, the Strawboro and, and Cardiff uh, last week, apparently they're quite long. But that is yes to be seen. No official announcement, so I think that's the important thing to note here. So we're still waiting on that stuff. Uh, he would also like to know, uh, with the images of the jerseys now released, uh, when can people purchase them? And uh, do they aim to have a sponsor uh, during the season? And I don't, I mean, I don't think we know the answer to either of those questions, but we can certainly speculate. Yeah, I mean, we assume that they would. Um, hopefully they're here in time for Christmas so we can all have a nice Christmas gift to buy people. Um, but I would assume, I mean, I, honestly, I'm just guessing as much as anyone else, but I, I would assume they'd be ready for release to be bought you know, a week or two. I mean, I think it'll happen before the end of the year. Not because of Christmas. It's not realistic to think that's like genuinely a huge hot topic Christmas item. It's not like the porgs from from Star Wars, um, but it would still be nice to have them around this time. I think they'll try and squeeze them in before the end of the year. I do remember um, Rugger Rob on the Reddit page. It was actually the Houston Sabercats Reddit page because um, they have a couple of, follow- of subscribers to that, but not too much action yet. Um, and someone mentioned the merchandise to say, "Where should when should it be ready?" And then Rob said, um, Rob being Rob, shit, what's his last name? I'm sorry. From the He actually plays for the Sabercats. Meeson. Uh, yeah, Robert Meeson. So he said it should be end of December, but they were because of the whole name change, they had to do some rebranding. So I'm, I'm sticking to that part at least. They'll be ready end of December. Yeah. Well, and uh, regarding the second half of that question uh, for sponsorships, uh, you know, we, d- we don't know how sponsorships are going to be handled in this league yet. Um, now, it's a pretty standard thing in rugby and sports in general to slap a, a, a name on those jerseys. And I don't see any reason why that model wouldn't continue here. I mean, we've got MLR's gotten, I mean, they're going to be on, you know, CBS Sportsnet, for goodness sake. So they're... They're high end. They're not, uh, you know, this ain't your your daddy's uh, rugby <laughs> competition. So it would not surprise me at all. Uh, but as of now, I don't think we've heard anything about team sponsorships and how that's going to look. What that's how that's going to work. Uh, or if it's able to be in, in year one. Yeah. Or even if if the clubs themselves will have their own independent sponsors. Or if it'll just be the league-wide, right in the jersey, saying, you know, 
John Smith Oil Company. I don't know, something like that. Well, and it could also, you know, like Victor said, year one, it may uh, not be emphasis at this time, but then year two, uh, especially as the teams start asserting more local control, uh, that may be become an option, uh, you know, buy in from their communities, buy in from their regions, stuff like that, or buy in from even national sponsors. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it's like anything else. It's very, I, I think you could argue that season one is going to be a proof of concept uh, season. They're going to prove that they can uh, man- manage it well and get it launched. And yeah, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of money up uh, for grabs sponsorship wise right, right away. So we'll good. see how that shakes out uh, it could be good to wait rather than start up with the sponsor and then after first year if it's an amazing year you don't want to you know basically sell yourself short or undersell yourself because then you go oh wow that's actually a lot more for the next year and maybe difficult to go back to the same people and say okay we're actually asking for twice as much so maybe it could be a bit tougher now, on the topic of sponsorship, guys, what we do not want it to, to happen with MLR is that we go the way of the top 14 in France. Have you guys seen their jerseys? They are full, and I mean full of advertisement. Their shorts are full of advertisement. The last thing I remember was that uh, I think it was um, Toulon, they had, um, a, they had a sponsorship with, I think it's called Orangina. And since they couldn't get the, the, the logo on the shirts, they actually had to get it in the back of, of, the, of, the, of the jersey trunks. So, right, so if you're looking straight at the player's butt, you will see the orange in a logo. I really do not want it to happen like that with MLR. But I will tell you this, though. Hopefully, if we get some money, I would really, really like to see the Earful of Dirt logo somewhere in a jersey or a short on one of the teams. I don't care who. Where are we? I mean, since then, obviously, since Dan and I are in, in New York, obviously, I would like to see it in RCNY. But in any, t- I don't care where. I really would like to see our logo in one of the jerseys. Because um, it's just going to be on the neckline, like this tiny little thing. <laughs> yeah, and on a related, I don't care as long as it's there. On a related topic, uh, we also need a logo. We already actually have a logo. That's what yeah. I was. The logo that we have is is a uh, a picture of some guy who is playing rugby is in the mud even though we're ear full of dirt also if, if anyone knows that guy please let him know that we're using it with permission and everything and not to sue us also uh dirt and mud are different forms of the same thing dan so hey step off yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, victor I, I do agree with you i don't want to see like 500 sponsors on the kits it looks gross um i used to hate that when i was younger and i didn't really understand the idea of sponsorship in soccer um and also they didn't have commercials every five seconds so they couldn't but i'd rather see like you know without getting too intrusive like banner ads during or right after they score a try or um when they do penalty kicks or something like that but i don't see the value for the sponsors either in just having 50 logos on here because you're just you're just going to get lost in the sea um i also don't want to see too many logos all over the entire stadium um a decent amount works but after that it's just saturation and hurts the fans eyes it hurts the sponsors eyes because they don't get anything from it so 
you know. You just do what Super Rugby does and have a logo on the twenty on each twenty two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's not a bad idea. You, but you guys imagine it comes to the point, like for example, NCAA basketball, when they said if I think it's like this halftime show is brought to you by Pepsi. You mind, for example, it goes, This upcoming conversion is brought to you by Coca-Cola. <laughs> or something or something like that. Or this try. <laughs> something something stupid like that. It would be hilarious though. Yeah, they actually do that, I think. I forget where. Uh, but they've done that with like this this is like the, the Guinness try or something or Guinness sponsored try when it comes up and then maybe they say like the player's name or something like that, which actually I have to say uh, a lot of rugby I've seen internationally doesn't, you're not even the whole sponsorship side, but like in like the NFL, if someone scores, you see exactly who the player is. You see like their full stats for the day. You see everything you need to see. Um, a lot of times with like rugby, it's very just understated. You know, he scores, that's it. Move on. Let's go. And it's kind mm-hmm. of I, I also don't want to see, I remember, I forget what I was watching, but they're like, each 10 minutes was sponsored by somebody else. Yeah, that's that's a bit too much. Let's, let's, yeah. let's get it all sponsored by CBS Sports. Then that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, and uh, Aaron has checked in on the comments. Hey, Aaron, welcome home, my friend. And uh, he's told, is telling us to shut up about sponsorship. So, yeah. <laughs> let's go say that to the next one. He's, he's not actually saying that. He's saying all the logos must be complementary to the shirt, which is, you know, it doesn't clash with it and just look like cartoonish. Um, and then I don't know what he's refer- referencing, but he says that's how ads used to be done with baseball. But baseball also is a hell of a lot slower and nothing happens. So that's perfectly fine during baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, this is rugby. You know, stuff. Yeah. I don't want ads to fly across the screen as I'm like, trying to see what's going on, you know? So, yeah. Uh, had a journey. So, but uh, moving on from sponsorships, uh, Cool Alias does have one more question. Uh, he would like to know, does the announcement of RCNY uh, indicate a conference system as a long-term goal, uh, potentially two or even four conferences? Yeah, I mean, I believe the end goal would have conferences of some sort um the schedule will definitely expand past um just three months so there will be more games available um i think in the future it may try to mimic like the nfl has about 20 weeks including the playoffs so about 16 games um i mean if we can get to the point with even 16 teams um you can have some some sort of setup where i actually wrote this down so i don't mess this up and Sound like an idiot, even more than I usually do. Um, you can play um, the conference opponents more than once. So maybe in a case where it's like Houston, Austin, Glendale, and uh, New Orleans are all part of their same conference, they'll all play each other home and away. It does help a bit with travel, so you don't have to go from, you know, from New Orleans to Seattle too often. Um, they can play each other home and away, and then also play against eight other clubs as well. Um, sort of like what NFL does, where you play your division twice and then you play a certain other group every single year just for continuity. Well, moving from that, um, since USA is so big, the conference system is obviously mo- is, is a, mo- a must, really, to cut um, travel time between teams. But, of course, for the first year, it's okay because uh, you know, as the league grows, uh, you know, they 
will depend on it more for season two and the like. But I mean, for season one, it's okay. Really. Well, and I think that makes sense. I, you know, I th- we've talked a lot about uh, the idea of an east-west uh, divide, and uh, you know, I think especially right off the bat, see, potentially even season two, that could work really well uh, given the just the structure of where the teams are located. So. We'll just see what they come up with and kind of see how that develops over time. So the uh, last question of the night is from Downakeen. And um, out of context, I, I mean, I understand what he's asking, but maybe I'm not sure if there was something else related to this, guys. Um, he wants to know, is there going to be an MLR league rule forcing players to pull up their socks? So apparently, uh, slouching socks is not appealing to Downakeen. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I never even thought of it. I guess it's a trend that's happening. I mean, I remember like as a kid playing baseball, and the trend back then was everyone pulled up their the pants so you could see like the 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 long socks and everything like that. They specifically showed it off. But now I'm watching baseball. I'm like, oh, no one's really doing that anymore maybe it's something like that i've never really paid attention to it but yes i think it's kind of tongue-in-cheek comment so i'm gonna assume it's the whatever i think i think i read it as sarcasm but i mean i think it's it's a personal preference i don't think you could force that on anybody one up one down i think that's gonna be the league mandate (laughs) (laughs) so no the the league was trying to get i think it actually reversed this but it for a while it banned players writing things like here. So there are a lot of players go up like this and they will be like writing on their wristbands or something like that, or whatever tape they put on their arms. I like, I think the Eagles actually did that for Zach test when he got injured. Uh, I think they just said like Zach test. I don't know what, (laughs) I don't actually know what they said, Uh, but it has something to do with him. Like test strong or something. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, guys, there should be a rule, but I doubt it will come to come to be. That is the last thing on their minds. But yeah, I'm sure he said that in jest. All right. Well, guys, I think uh, that does it for questions. Uh, do you guys have any final thoughts tonight? Yeah, guys, real quick. Shout outs to Matt uh, or M-T-T-H-R-D-Y on uh, Reddit. I assume his name, his writing name was supposed to be Matt Hardy, but he just took the ace. It looks like uh, Victor's must be having some technical issues. Uh, so just uh, following on from what he was saying, uh, Matt was good enough to uh, reach out to us on Twitter, and he has started a UK-based MLR fan page uh, on Twitter. So look him up on UK MLR fans. That's Twitter at UK MLR fans. And uh, he's really mobilizing some good comments and uh, good excitement there across the pond. And uh, these are folks that know a thing or two about rugby already. And I think they can bring a lot of energy and interest to the game and uh, that maybe we're lacking here. So teach us what it is to be uh, good European-style rugby fans. Yeah, they already got nine. Uh, yeah, so, so they're, yeah. they're coming along pretty well. Matt's super excited about this league coming up as you can see from some of his tweets and he's, he's a good guy so we're really happy to have him um supporting us from across the pond um the uk 
fan base, or at least overseas, was pretty good for pro. Um, I'd really like to see a kickoff because um, every time we go on to the actual rugby union Reddit page, um, every time something breaks, like the CBS sports deal or the schedule or something like that, people start posting it. And at first it started out like, oh, what is this? Is This is, oh, you know, good luck, whatever. It's USA. Um, but there's a lot of people who are commenting on there just saying like, yeah, this actually seems pretty cool. I, I really want to see the USA kick off and I guess awake the sleeping giant. A lot of them, um, you know, not just sort of saying, you know, screw the US, we want to be better, um, which I'm happy to see too, obviously, because we're Americans. Um, <laughs> but they're saying like, you know, if the US gets into to rugby and really, you know, Canada and US, I'm sorry, uh, both really kick it off because we have a lot of people living here. Um, just numbers alone, we can really help out a lot with, you know, rugby across the entire world. I mean, that's coming from me as a USA rugby fan. So I am mm-hmm. biased, but, you know, there's about, you know, 400 something million people in this area. And that's just bringing rugby to a whole new world for these guys. So it's really good for uh, the sport. Absolutely. Well, hey, said. Welcome back. Welcome Victor. back, Victor. Thank you. I don't know what happened. I just like died and then came back again. I'm like I was I was like a zombie. So again, shout outs to Matt. <laughs> yeah. Um so I guess that that just about cuts it through for our, our our podcast. Um thanks Josh for joining for the first time. You'll be hearing a lot from Josh hopefully coming up next year. Hopefully he doesn't screw everything up um and do a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> but uh from here subscribe to your channel on youtube uh called earful of dirt fancast like us on facebook earful of dirt same on twitter and instagram earful of dirt um add our podcast itunes google play stitcher player fm leave us a review uh we also got a phone number if you do want to have your voice be heard by your favorite host in the world our phone number is one seven two zero six hundred two six seven nine so it's all on our page. You'll find it wherever you go. Um, leave a voicemail or join our live broadcast, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific. Um, we are taking that two-week break. I may actually be gone the week after. I'll be coming back from traveling. Um, but we will have a lot to talk about, hopefully with these uniforms coming out, as well as the um, the start of the Houston preseason um, coming up. So Monday, January 8th, 2018, we'll be back uh, Monday night. With that, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, Feliz Navidad, (laughs) and most of all, a great Festivus for the rest of us. Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime. We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us.